You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our coverage, our exclusive coverage of Third Watch, the greatest TV show ever, ever, ever made. Uh, it's been a few weeks since you've heard our voices on this one, but we're back. We're excited to be back as we uh, continue on in the first season of Third Watch. We're into the 10th episode of the first season. This episode entitled Demolition Derby, Demolition Derby, whatever you want to say, potato, potato, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, first aired on the 10th of January 2000. This is the very first episode of Third Watch to air in the new millennium. There you go. That's a bit of a statistic for you. Uh, my name is Ben and that is more information than I needed to know. Now I have a picture. It's been a while. When's the last time you actually had this podcast going on? Uh, the, the podcast has been going on for a while. It's just we haven't done third watch in a while. That's the problem. <laughs> May 11th, I believe, right? Yeah. So it's been a while. So I'm definitely, it's time to get back into the swing of things. I'm excited. This episode's a bit emotional for me, actually. So, I mean, unfortunately, but it's a good one. So listen, listen through in. You're going to be surprised by some of the scenes. Mm, it's a bit to talk about in this one. It's a bit of a different episode, I feel, Brandy. Um, and, yeah, plenty to talk about. And this is this is one I feel like, you know, generally we find with these episodes that we're going over varying story arcs from a bunch of different characters, uh, obviously, because they all intertwine with each other. But this one kind of, I feel, with the exception of maybe the opening few bits, it's kind of all, basically, everyone's involved in it all at once. So... I feel we can probably cover a lot more in this sort of all lumped together. So we'll see how we go. But uh, it kind of feels, just before we obviously talk about the episode, we, we generally get at least one of these a season, don't we, of Third Watch? Sort of a, a big ensemble episode where everybody needs to be involved. It's kind of like all the the plot lines from the, the show are kind of put aside and you've got sort of a big event, basically, to take over with the characters. And this is, I guess, this is what Third Watch does well because... You know, we, as we keep discussing, it's a, a very large ensemble cast. They're all, you know, varying professions. They're all intertwined with each other in New York. And obviously, if, you know, a big event like this, like a, a building collapse is happening, you, you need the uh, the paramedics, obviously, to help out with the injured, the firefighters to help out with the, the building, and, of course, the police to, I guess, control the crowd, or as we see in this episode, mainly the media. Uh, a lot to say about that. But, um, yeah, it's... I don't know. I, we, we, we generally get one of these episodes per season, don't we? We do, we do. Um, I will say I was a bit surprised that these next two episodes were actually very emotional. And usually there's some humor in some of the sad ones. And this one, I didn't see that much humor. It was more sad than anything else. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, there was like, I think a tiny bit of humor we get maybe at the beginning, but... uh yeah, there's uh this is a I don't say a dark episode. That's not the right word to say. No, no, um, no. It's 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 an emotional. It's a, you know it's a sad. It's a, an episode that makes you feel. It's one of my favorites, though. I will say that it's one of my favorites, and I I, I never forget this episode. I never I know it's going to get me every time, and it does. <laughs> well, I, I feel we're definitely going to have a very a very different opinion of this episode when we get to rating it at the end. <laughs> um, one thing I will say, though, that this, I, I know we mentioned in the last one in terms of who's in this one, but a uh, big special shout out to J.K. Simmons, who's in this episode. We'll yeah. get to him. And, I mean, you know, we, we've talked a lot about how some of the cast members of Third Watch haven't really gone on to do much since the show. But um, you, you kind of go over the guest stars in this show who weren't necessarily huge names at the time, but have gone on to very, very big things. 
Uh, J.K. Simmons, definitely one of those. I mean, he was kind of like the everyman actor. He'd been in a lot of things in the lead-up to this. You kind of knew who he was, but he'd never really sort of made it. Obviously, now, though, uh, a very well-established name. Academy Award winner, of course, for Whiplash. Uh, a lot of people know him as Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man uh, franchise. Um, and, of course, we just recently did the Spider-Man films for the Oz Network, and, you know, he was easily one of the greatest characters in those original trilogies of films. Um, and he's just about to play Commissioner Gordon in the uh, upcoming Justice League movie. So he's he's very much uh, out there and uh, a very uh, prominent actor nowadays. But, I mean, it's kind of interesting to watch this and, you know, kind of go back to a time when, yeah, he was known, but just kind of as one of those actors who's sort of in everything, really, wasn't he? He was. I mean, who? I wonder if he knew how big he was going to be, like, after a while. Like, he's been in so many movies. Zootopia, The Mind, Spider-Man. I mean, there's, you're going to know him. Like, if you don't know his name, you're going to know his face. Yeah, oh, for sure. That. He's definitely, definitely one. Yeah. And actually, I think that's kind of the case when this is on, because we're obviously covering Nip Tuck at the same time here on the Oz Network, and he's in an upcoming episode of Nip Tuck as well, just as kind of as a, as a patient. And he's definitely one of those people where you see him, and you're like, hey, I know him, he's from that show or that show. And I think that was the case when I saw him in Spider-Man, the, the, you know, the very first Spider-Man when he was, uh, you know, J. Jonah Jameson. I straight away was like, hey, he was that dude from Third Watch, or hey, he was that one from Nip Tuck. And now, obviously, he's just, yeah, you know him by name because he's, uh, you know, obviously very, very well established. Yeah, yeah, very active. There's actually a lot of, um, you know, just Academy Award winners alone, actually. Uh, you know, Mia Farrow, Helen Mirren. Um, a lot of people, actually, at Third Watch have gone on to win Academy Awards. So, um, sadly, none of the main cast have yet to win an Academy Award. But uh, <laughs> I, know, I know Bobby Cannavale's won a couple of Emmys since uh, Third Watch wrapped up. So, I'm sure Did that he- counts. I guess I have a theory about that. I guess because, like, for the main cast, this was a show. They were getting paid. I'm not sure how much they were getting paid, but I'm sure they were getting some nice money. And for the people who were guest starring, this wasn't their big hit. So they went on to do bigger things, which became their moments, you know? So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You start from the bottom and you end up at the top. Well, we we will obviously, we've touched on a few sort of guest stars, but, you know, there are plenty of... uh, guest stars that come along as i said you know notable ones who were famous at the time notable ones that again some similar to say a jk simmons who maybe at the time wasn't that big i mean um you know there's uh i'm trying to think of his name um he plays bosco's brother uh in like john, season C- four. john i believe it's john cedar no 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 there's um no it's uh it's somebody else yeah, 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 John, okay. Yeah, I think yeah. you know who I'm talking about when we, we get to him, but Charlie Day, that's who I'm talking about. He's gone on to basically be a pretty established name now, too, in a lot of movies. Um, and, I mean, that's just one that I'm thinking of the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, we'll okay. get to that, obviously. Yes, okay, okay, yeah. I'm with you Plenty, plenty, okay. of, plenty of ones that we're going to be uh, covering along the way. But, yeah, that's, it's funny how I always see Charlie Day in everything now. And I'm like, hey, it's Bosco's brother. Uh, so I just forgot. Honestly, I... Because it's been a while since I watched, like, the later episodes because it's so hard to get a, ho- a hold of them. Yeah. So I've actually forgot his face. And then you said that, and so I just actually Googled him right now. And I was like, oh, I know him from Hor- Horrible Bosses, Pacific Rim. And- yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and also even, like, um, uh, I just had their name, and now I've gone completely blank. Peter Dinklage, of course, now is, like, big name in Game of oh, yeah. Thrones. Uh, but I mean, he, he he's only like in a, I think he's in like an episode. He's like a homeless man, isn't he, or something like that? Like he's got a very small role. But uh, I just think it's funny that yeah, Peter Dinklage was in Third Watch. So <laughs> anyway, oh, man, he was an elf, one of the best Christmas movies. Yeah, well, look, we we got a lot to cover. We're, we're 
plenty still to come in third watch. But anyway, so this episode, Demolition Derby. So really, the setup, as we just said, I mean, there's there's going to be a building collapse here, folks. So we're just going to have a, a long episode of trying to get these people out and save these people, and then it kind of does revolve around two of these people who are stuck in the building. But before we get to that, we've got a few little scenes, kind of um, in in the lead up to what we're uh, we're about to see. We start off, of course, with uh, Yokus and Fred, who uh, aren't exactly in a happy place in the morning. Um, I think we can, like, I know it's kind of some of these scenes jump around, but we'll probably just cover a lot of these and kind of lump them all in together. So I guess really we're uh, seeing, uh, yeah, uh, Fred and, and Yokus kind of obviously angry at each other. We see Emily, you know, wanting to say goodbye to Dad, but he's not feeling too well. And then eventually once the kids leave, we kind of get this scene with Yokus and, and Fred in the kitchen where, uh, you know, she's like, do you want to talk about last night? Essentially, he was too drunk to have sex with her because they have one night alone of during the week. And he couldn't get it up. So, uh, there's no other way to put it. They have this fight. Fred's, uh, you know, very angry, you know, talking about, you know, wanting his wife home and to spend time with the family. And she's obviously saying, I don't have enough seniority to go off uh, this shift. Do you want me to go back on midnights? Um, you know, it's kind of, it's still this tension and this build-up, obviously, isn't it, between these two, you know, the, the job really taking its toll on the Yoka's family. And then, obviously, Fred's drinking. My, my only issue with this scene is... I mean, as we discover across the course of this season, I mean, it's not like Yokus is a new cop. She's been a cop for at least five, six, seven years. I, I don't know. It's, it's been a while. So why, like, I'm, obviously this is always an issue for Fred, but why all of a sudden is it becoming a bigger issue after all these years? Like, it kind of seems a bit weird that you've been with someone for that long. You think you'd be used to it a little bit more, wouldn't you? I used to think the same thing. I'm with you on that. Because it came out of the blue, because, like, the last episodes, they were kind of okay. Like, he seemed supportive, and suddenly, he's now he's drinking a lot more. I mean, at the Thanksgiving episode, he was drinking, but suddenly, it's becoming, like, a bigger issue. And, like you said, it does, t- down down the line, we see more of what goes on with that. But it is it is interesting. I thought she had seniority. I thought she had a little bit higher up. Like, not next to Sully, but I thought she was, like, the next one behind him. Like, I, I think the interesting thing that I got was uh, when she says, like, do you want me to go back on midnights? Um, and kind of, if, if you kind of guess what that shift would be, I mean, we know the third watch is, what, 3 to 11 or 3.30 to 11.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you would assume midnights is maybe, what, midnight to 7 o'clock in the morning, hypothetically, let's say that. Um, but, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, I can see why that would be an issue, but wouldn't that, in a way, make her see the kids and the family a little bit more? Because you would assume she would finish work at 7, maybe go to bed at, like, I don't know, 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, sleep till, say, you know, 4, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So then she's still got that evening time with her children and Fred before she goes off to uh, work. So maybe midnights would be better there, Yokus. <laughs> same time. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, like, just talking to, like, some officers, they say, like, the graveyard is always the most dangerous, which mm. I kind of get. That's when, like, Mark Murder... Stuff happens. I was about to say crazy people, but I don't know how that would come across. Well, I I mean, I don't think sane people exactly murder people, so I guess you're kind of fine to say crazy people. (laughs) (laughs) No offense to all our murderers listening. I mean, all our murderers, please don't kill us. It definitely gets more crazier at night. Like, you people lock their doors at a certain time for a reason at at night, you know? I mean, yeah, so I mean, I get why. But yeah, no. It's just, the I, mean, is I, I see why they do it. They, they, they are obviously setting up. I mean, this is going to be an, ongo- an ongoing storyline of Fred and his drinking problem. Oh, I mean, I, that's an obvious case of what it is. But it just does kind of seem interesting that if you kind of analyse this as a marriage, that they've obviously been together for a very long time, she's been a police for a certain amount of time, that it kind of does come to a head now. Like, clearly it's always an issue with Fred. 
that, you know, you, you maybe think to yourself, maybe uh, she hasn't been working this shift, the third watch shift, for that amount of time compared to, you know, her time as a police officer. Hence why she says, do you want me to go back on midnight? So yeah. maybe she's only been on this shift for a short amount of time and that's why it's an issue. I will say... The only thing about the scene is, like, when he threw the spoon in the sink <laughs> when she was doing the dishes, I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting... It's it's very well... Sh- like, I mean, the thing, as we've always said with both Fred and Yoko, is they're, ver- they're a very natural couple. And when, when they fight, like, you never feel... Uh, that it's going to, like, turn violent or anything, but you just... You feel like it's a it's a natural fight between a married couple, if that makes sense. You do? I was just surprised to see that part, though, because, like, they seem so, like... They gel well together, and, like... Oh, we, yeah. I think that's, like, the most tension we got at that point, at this point in the season, is, like, when he threw the spoon in the sink and, like, when he just went in the room and slammed his door. Like, that's the first time... Like, even the Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving dinner wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like, exactly. even they, like, got together at the end of the night, took each other's hands, and went to bed. Yeah. You know? So, this was really different. And we don't get that in this episode. I mean, clearly, you kind of don't have wiggle room for that in this episode. But um, mm-hmm. there isn't a resolution, I guess, to this point. I mean, that obviously leads into um, just kind of with the yoke. So, I mean, we may as well cover this a little bit now. And it's kind of the, the, the comedy scene we have. I mean, obviously, I know I'm jumping around here with the scenes, but we will get back to the other bits that I'm, I'm gelling over here. Um, we obviously get Bosco in the car with Yokus and, uh, you know, Bosco talking about this, what is it, like a 19-year-old Melanie Griffiths that you can bounce a quarter off. She rides like a Palomino. I don't know what that is, but... Uh, <laughs> I, her, I like how he's like, her body's so tight you can bounce a quarter off. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, uh, what, what does Yokus say? Like, oh, that's too much information. It's like, well, you know, you want you want me to talk? If you're one of the guys, this is what we'll talk about. And then when she turns around, she's like, you want to hear my about my sex life last night, my my husband was too drunk to get it up, and I'm kind of angry about that. It's like, whoa, now I have a picture. So you don't say. <laughs> I love that. Okay, I forgot about that scene. That is one of the most funny scenes. Because yeah. you don't say. Bosco's <laughs> yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Great Bosco Yoko's <laughs> chemistry, just like, you know, the little banter back and forth. It's so good. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of what we get, really, isn't it? Like, I mean, we obviously, I mean, we'll get to obviously all the stuff that's going to happen soon, but. You know, I mean, this is kind of the, the comic relief, sort of, for this episode. Because, again, there's... I mean, there are brief moments that we get. But, um, you know, that's kind of... I just can't get over how, like, close the relationship is with Bosco and Faith. Like, I just love the characters together. I Every time. But you every, just believe it. It's so believable, too. That's the thing. Like, I mean, as we've kind of touched on, like, at no point do you ever think this is going to be, you know, sexual chemistry or a relationship. Like, it's just such a natural no. friendship you know, between these two, that is just—it's like brother and sister almost. And yeah, it's it's great. It it really is great. And again, my favorite pairing in the whole show. And uh, yeah, by far. And you will definitely. Um, but just kind of going back and forth. So we we get after the initial scene in the kitchen. There we get uh, Davis and his mum. Uh, and this kind of dates this episode. We we've talked a little bit about how a lot of this kind of holds up. You know, nearly 20 years later, but I think this dates this as a 90s uh, show when she's ordering out of a catalogue over the phone. Uh, you know, again, uh, fast forward a few years, this would definitely be online. Um, but, you know, I remember the, like, I think, I don't think my mum ever used to order stuff out of that, but I remember some people would order out of these catalogues and, you know, ring up and 
put the orders in, but she's obviously ordering a, a sexy dress. She's got a date with someone, and uh, Dave is sort of asking, oh, so you and Sully, it's not a thing. That's kind of still an ongoing bit. I love then, uh, you know, I mean, how old is Davis? He's like early 20s, we've established, haven't we? He's still obviously yeah. living with his mum. And then, like, when she he asked a question about, like, you and Sully are not a thing, she walks off and is like, don't leave that dish in the dish. Put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> Right. I just love random Maggie moments where she's just like being a mum to Davis. <laughs> oh, it's so I, funny. It's, it's awesome. I mean, Davis between Sully and his mom, it's just funny how you just like, so you're not dating my mom, right? Yeah. I mean, mom. <laughs> like he's, and he's in his 20s, but it's just, and he's an officer, but it's just funny. I, yeah. I love the moments. Yeah. Uh, we're going to definitely get some more of those scenes later on, too, of his mom and him and. How long is she in every? I don't think she's in every season. Is she? No, she she comes and goes. Like I think she's only sort of recurring the first season. She does come back randomly. Um, I think it's the third season without spoiling what happens. Uh, but yeah. she de- definitely does come back when Taylor's involved with Davis. I can sort of at least put that in there. Um, but yeah, she kind of. Um, she's, I think she just pops up here and there in the background, but like post season four, um, actually I think she might come to Taylor's funeral. Spoiler alert, Taylor dies. Um, (laughs) shouldn't have said that, but come on, we haven't even met her yet, so that's not going to affect anyone. Uh, I'm pretty sure she (laughs) does come to her funeral with Davis from memory. That's probably the last time we see her. Um, Oh, Taylor. Yeah. Well, I, look, I'm sorry for spoiling that, listeners, if you're going along with us watching Third Watch and not seeing it. But again, we haven't met Taylor yet. We're basically halfway through the first season. If you remember some character called Taylor dying in the future, uh, then you've got a very good memory because, seriously, we've still got more than half of this season to cover before we even get close to meeting Taylor. So, <laughs> I mean... I mean, and you still got Sergeant Cruz. We haven't spoiled Sergeant Cruz. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. So uh, there you go. Sorry about that. And to Taylor fans, sorry for uh, getting that recurring memory in your head about her sad death. Um, but I will. I will say just quick, like we then obviously the Davis uh, Sully stuff. Sort of we get this scene of them, you know, talking about you know Davis like, oh, my mum's getting a sexy dress, and you know, and what is he? What's Sully like? Oh, that will look great in your mum. She's got great legs. Um, you know, and and then obviously you know he's trying to still get information about them dating. Um, Sally kind of shows a little bit of an interest, but not really. But this, okay, this is the scene here, Brandy. We went back a couple of episodes ago saying when we met Malcolm that there was a scene in the previously on that we didn't get to see. This is that scene. So I think what has happened here is that they've filmed this in, and they've meant to use this epi- this sequence in another episode. They haven't, and then they've Ford put it in an- this episode, but it just they haven't really worked it out that well because, you know, we've already met Malcolm. We've had a whole storyline about Malcolm. You know, he's going to get killed by that Sunder Walker guy. So, I mean, in anything, this is where it doesn't make sense on the continuity standpoint. And again, Third Watch doesn't exactly have a good track record with keeping that continuity up over the seasons. But this just makes no sense because we know Malcolm should be shitting himself because Davis put him in a pickle and now he's stealing a book and all of a sudden Davis is just letting him walk. He's not asking like, oh, are you okay? Like, have you had anybody come after you or anything? So this is clearly that scene that we were meant to see a couple of episodes ago and now we're seeing it now for some reason. 
I was thinking, you know, you took the words out of my mouth. I was thinking the same thing. Like, didn't he, didn't Davis just get him caught up? Yeah. And he was like, I'm dead. You yeah. just got me killed in a way. And then next you know, everything's like, fine. Yeah. That's not how it works now. Yeah, they've definitely stuffed up this continuity somewhere along the line. So, I mean, look, again, you, you probably get away with it in 1999 because as we've, you know, talked about it at the time, there was no Netflix, there was no DVDs, you know, so there was no way that unless you're taping this directly off TV, you know, continuity and things like that, I guess, weren't a bigger problem back in those days as they are today. You know, you would not get away with this today. Exactly. I mean... And then it was, like, better to be, to be done than perfect. And nothing about Malcolm was, like, he stole a book. Yeah. I'm surprised. I, why, why Why was it a book? And if it was, I don't know. He stole a book, and he was, like, what are you going to do, sell it? How can it? I just didn't get that scene. It didn't really make that much sense to me, unless David was, like, well, he's a good kid. He wants to mentor him at one point. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I definitely feel they've, they've dubbed something over there, because we get that bit where, like, the guy runs up. It's like, hey, guys, you know, officer, somebody stole a book. And then when they're driving along... Then you hear Davis say, oh, there's Malcolm. So to me, they've dubbed that over and added it in to kind of try and make it continuity and sort of make it make sense. Because, again, at this point, the audience have already met Malcolm. But you can definitely tell. Go back and watch, what was that, like two, three episodes ago where we had that previously on Third Watch. We saw that scene where he meets Malcolm. That is this scene. So they've edited it to a point to try and make it make sense to cover their bases. But, again because we're watching this back-to-back and we're analysing it, we can tell what they've done here. Well, why not still candy? Why not still ba- baseball cards or s- shoes, some jerks or he something? Was, he was why? bored. He, he, he wanted to read. <laughs> I mean, good on him. I can't... What the, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't answer that. That's Again, we never get resolution of why Malcolm steals a book. The long-standing unanswered uh, question of Third Watch, why did Malcolm steal a book? Well, I don't know. All the kids I'm in, like, real life, in the hood, don't steal books unless they're, like, low-key nerds, and they can be mentored. And those kids usually make it out okay. It could, it could be, like, a porn <laughs> book. Like, you know, be showing off with friends. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay, well, there you go. There's your... There's the answer. There yeah, you go. Apparently. Um, so that's kind of that bit. Uh, we also get a bit of um, uh, going back back and forth here. Kim uh, having breakfast with Joey, you know, finding out he's got half days. Let's go to the movies, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but then we get Joey, of course, questioning his mum about, are you and dad going to get married again? Uh, and then obviously leaves this pretty uh, pretty mean line. Let's be honest, Joey, you're not very nice here. You know, divorce is a sin. If you uh, you got to die, you're going to go to hell. Um, poor Kim. Um, I mean, it kind of obviously ties in right, you know, bookends the episode right to the end. But um, it's still kind of a bit, you know, wow, that's that's harsh, Joey. What the, he just said it so easily, like... My, like how, I forgot the word for words, but basically he's like, uh, was it father or priest? I don't know. Catholic school, right? And he was like, he said you can go to hell. Like the way you said it was just straight up. I was surprised. Oh, he did, wasn't even hesitant. And it's yeah. Joey though. But yeah. it was just, and I think this actually touches on some of the things that are going to happen down the line of him as well. Yeah, oh, for sure. Do you that, think with, this is the thing I find with Joey, like. Uh, I mean, what's the actor's name? We, we've gone over him before. But like, he's kind of he crosses that line, doesn't he, between annoying child actor, but he also does it well. Like, it's like he does it in, in a way that 
he can be an annoying little shit sometimes, but then a lot of the times he actually comes across well. Christopher Scott F- Fidel, that's who it is. Um, and this is what we discovered, didn't we, that he hadn't really done much since Third Watch. That's right. Um, but, yeah, he, he is, you know, decent, but sometimes he does come across as a little bit annoying. So, But this is one of those ones where, like, you know, you, you'd really... Like, he, he says it well the way he kind of whispers the line, like, divorce is a sin. Um, and, you know, poor Kim. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. One thing I would just quickly, before I get to the, the Doc Carlos stuff, cause then we can get straight into this rescue, uh, scene. Um, one thing I should, two things actually that I forgot to mention, that I think were pretty important with the two bits we've already talked about. Just going back to Yokus and, and Fred, um, when he sort of mentions to her, you know, you come home and I ask you how your day was and you say fine. And she's like, Oh, I don't want to bring the job home with me, which I think was kind of like a poignant line. And then obviously, uh, when Davis lets Malcolm go, and Sully's like, oh, you know, why did you let him go? And he says, oh, you know, solving problems, I guess. So, you know, I kind of like those two sort of lines that tie in with the, the characters and kind of obviously Yokus not wanting to bring home the job. And, yeah, Davis finally, you know, using the mantra of Sully's solving problems. Yeah, I do. I like that because when she said I don't want to bring it home, I also thought, like, that makes sense. And then also I get his side because it's like, then what do we talk about? If I, we can't talk about that. But the stuff they go through... I mean, we witnessed this. We witnessed this. Faith going. She went through a lot. She definitely. How's she gonna tell her husband? Like, yeah, I, uh, I killed. We killed someone. a gang breaker. <laughs> yeah, I, I left him out for dead. Yeah. How was your day? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, honey, guess what I did today? You know, I arrested three people, had some lunch with Bosco. Oh, and left a gangster to die. Just yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Oh, you painted some things. And I mean, what does Fred do? He works for a power company. I can't remember. No, he's a delivery person, isn't he? Or post office or. <laughs> Construction. I don't, wow. We I think he works at the post office. I'm pretty sure he works at the post office. He's like a delivery man or something. We do find out. Um, Apologies, Fred, for not that. Yeah, sorry, Fred. Uh, <laughs> your character hasn't been that developed just yet, so we'll get to you eventually. Um, anything to say on David? Yeah, the whole David solving problems. That's a sweet little line that he's kind of coming across in that mantra, though, isn't it? I thought it was cool. I mean, because it was a flip. Definitely was a switch. Usually it's Sully who lets him go, and David's like, is always giving him crap about it. You know, and this time it was him letting Malcolm go, and he was like, I guess we're solving problems. And Sully just looks at him like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, now, obviously, yeah, as I said, we've got, um, uh, what are their names? Carlos and Tok, I'm forgetting their names. They're, we kind of see a bit of them, uh, you know, we get this uh, interesting scene of them helping this guy on the phone who's like, what, closing a deal and he's having a heart attack. And he's like yelling at the, the guy in the street. And I don't know, I just kind of, I sometimes do like random New York people just being New York people. Like, hey, Jagoff, I'm closing a deal here. Um, you know, just like going on that one. But then we get the... Um, I mean, this is kind of... It's, it's, it's a very... It's a throwaway scene. Like, this has no bearing, really, on anything, in, especially in this episode. But I think it's, it just establishes kind of a little bit of Doc and Carlos, you know, that they are having these moments of working together. And obviously, we learn a little bit more about, you know, Doc and holding on to his wife, Deborah. Again, remember that name, people, because that name does change later on in this show. Again, this is one of my biggest gripes about Third Watch, is they forget the name of Doc's wife. Um, but... Uh, we talk about uh, what was it roller what was it Roll- ankle girl that's it um, he called ankle girl but then he cancelled the date because we saw that a couple of episodes ago because he thinks she looks like his dead wife to which Carlos has the perfect I mean we don't actually see the photo but I love Carlos's reaction like 
Oh, you're right. They look at them. They both have hair. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos is me. Carlos is so me. I'm just a sarcastic guy who says stuff like that. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it was a good scene. And it's I mean, again, it's got no bearing on the episode or anything. Just a little bit, you know, establishing uh, a bit more of this relationship between you know Doc and Carlos. But uh, yeah, it's it's decent. Uh, Jimmy is involved in the opening as well. Before we get to the rest, I mean, Jimmy is a lot more involved in this episode in terms of the fact that he's a firefighter. So he's got something to do this episode, and obviously the writers are always trying to find something for Jimmy to do. You know. <laughs> Believe me, Jimmy fans, as we keep establishing, he does get more things coming along. Just hold tight. Jimmy does do things, you know, once every three episodes, apparently. Um, but we get this kind of this last little scene between him and uh, and Kim when he's, like, talking about he got, like, a giant Empire State Building sticker to put on the wall. And I, I want that sticker, Jimmy. Give me that sticker if Joey won't have that. Um... And then kind of Kim obviously has a bit of a conversation with him, like, you know, what do they teach him at that school, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, once again, just uh, a little bit of, um, uh, you know, Ben. I, lo- I love Jimmy. What does is, what is, uh, Kim say, like, when he says about the sticker? And she's like, oh, that will do wonders on the paint job. And the way Jimmy just rolls his eyes and he's like, what's with you today? <laughs> <laughs> and then they get into it. Yeah, I just, I mean, that's just like, look, I'm not trying to be sexist here with the way I put this, but that is just such a guy answer to, like, a, a girl or a woman, like, you know, obviously having a dig at them. Like, it just gets to the point where you're just like, what's with you today? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I don't think that's sexist at We've all, all been, women have been there too with men, like, come on, it's, it's just, yeah, exactly. it's a relationship, that's, that's, it's a relationship that's, thing. <laughs> I think it's just one of those points when it's just like... What the hell happened to you today? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I've, asked that, I've asked that question too. I mean, and Jimmy, I would say we gotta stay tuned for next episode because it's more of a Jimmy episode in in some ways. So sort of, yeah. I mean, Jimmy has a bit more, yeah. Jimmy has a bit more of a plot in the next episode, uh, for sure, for sure. And this is the thing with Jimmy, though. Like, he'll have these episodes where he has a lot more to do. I mean, I, I can definitely think of some coming up where he's probably the major plot focus, but. As we always keep going over in these episodes, you know, Jimmy is tacked on to kind of with these other people and they do with him what they do. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, I guess, a lot of people had problems with Third Watch of the fact that they did often forget the firefighters and then later on, you know, kind of forgot the paramedics. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you've got one firefighter, I think you kind of can do with him what you can. We've met DK, we've met Walsh, they haven't kind of come into it as much as they will later on. Um, so, you know, for what they've got at the moment, yeah, we're, we're getting enough Jimmy. You know, we're getting to see those sexy cheekbones of Eddie Cibrian, aren't we? So, you know. I mean, if, if anything, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, because, I mean, spoiler alert, like you said, I mean, at one point, he he does leave the show. And so, I mean, they, it's cool to see. He gets, I don't know. I don't know what episode, no, what season that he actually left. Season five. He leaves in season five. There you go. You're on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they keep him around for a bit. I mean, see, I kind of know that too because, I mean, season five also is, you know, spoiler alert, it's kind of the season where most of the main people will leave. Um, you know, I mean, as we've established, there is, you know, what, five people who are basically in every single episode, even though their cast, their build is being in every episode, but I debate that they're in every episode. Um, but, you know, we'll get to that along the way. But, um, yeah, I mean, Jimmy, you know, he's still in a, a large portion of the episodes. I mean, just looking here at the uh, overall episode list of the cast, 
you know, outside the, the five that are, you know, billed to being in every episode, uh, you know, he's only behind uh, two other people in terms of most episodes appeared there. So he's, what, like eighth on the list of most episodes. So he's still in this show for quite a large portion of time. So, um, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just what they do with Jimmy is kind of different to what they do with a lot of other people. So anyway, that's Jimmy. Uh, but, but, Brandy, Jimmy's about to get uh, put into focus here because now this is kind of the crux of the story. So we've got a, we've got a building collapse. We hear it over the, the radio. Everyone rushes. And basically, for the rest of this episode, we, we see this whole, uh, you know, uh, attempt to rescue workers. And we find out that the building's ready to collapse. I mean, one thing I will say is that, you know, for a TV show, they've got to obviously get to the point really quickly. So, you know, Jimmy's done one lap of the building, right? He's a firefighter. As far as I know, he's not a structural engineer. And he's basically just walked out of the building and gone to some guy, oh, yeah, I saw, like, one, you know, beam. And the guy's like... Oh, if that's all there is in this building, could collapse at any moment. Everybody, get out! Like it's kind of like you're gonna analyze that a little bit more, folks. Like I mean, you know, this building could be a lot more secure than you're thinking, or it could literally collapse in like one second. And they say that at one point, don't they? They're like, it could come down any second, or it could come down in five hours. Uh, you know, thank God it didn't come down any second because we would have like lost half the cast in one go. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Next episode, we're mourning the death of Kim, Bobby, you know, Doc, Carlos, everyone's dead. You're, you're on point, though, because I, I thought the same thing. He was like, oh, the beam on the left or something like that. He's like, no, the one in the middle. He was like, oh, yeah. Straight away, everyone oh, I believe die. this random firefighter that I just met. Quick, everybody out. It's like, I mean. Everyone die. You know, and everyone's going to die. And, uh, I mean, there are some definitely interesting things to say about this episode. I mean, it's heartbreaking for me. But, I mean, there are some things I'm just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. We'll get to some of them. Yeah. The newsy- so. Sometimes you do have to spend belief a little bit. Because, I mean, you know, if this was really realistic, you know, it's not going to be an exciting episode of TV. But, look, a lot of things I, I will, like, feel free to come back to anything here, Brandon, that I might gel over. Because, I mean, it's kind of all worked in. You know, they're all rushing around. They're finding people. Uh, you know, we've, we've got the guy that Carlos, like, lifts the thing off and he's, like, legs, like, broken. We've obviously got Doc... Uh, you know, working around with a, his arm in somebody's chest, um, you know, like kind of saving that guy. Um, you've then got, you know, Bosco yelling at people. Uh, Yoka's trying to do their sullies, kind of in control for five seconds before the captain shows up. Um, and then obviously we're going to get to Bobby and Kim when they're, you know, later on here with the, sort of the main bit of all of this. But uh, uh, one thing I, I do want to say, as a journalist... Um, you know, it always makes me laugh whenever you have a show like this and you've always got to portray the journalists as evil bastards because all they are are evil bastards. Um, and, you know, you've got this woman with the, the camera and, like, like reporting. She, I mean, she is just doing her job. And uh, as far as I can tell in this uh, episode, they have they ha- actually have set up a line, have they? Like, all Bosco is saying, you need to stand on the other side of the street. They actually haven't set up a police line. So technically, knowing my journalism laws, she can actually stand where she is because there's no line there saying she can't. I know the police are telling her not to do that, but at the same time, you know, she can sort of do that. So, but uh, look, I just want to point out, like, evil journalists, come on, people. Like, we're not all that bad. I mean, we produce podcasts like this, you know, you're listening to it, so. Um, <laughs> no, no, I mean, and, no, she, uh, it ain't that bad. I mean, I will say, for the most part, she's doing her job. I agree with that. I mean, like she said, you have a job, and I have a job. I got to do mine. Yeah. And it's Today, true. my job wins. <laughs> it was wrong because they did portray it as evil towards the last moment. Yeah. Towards the last moment. And it was... And 
face, man. Oh. I do, I do like the Bosco interaction though, when like he's on camera and he's like, "Speak to the public information officer." So like, you say that again, I'll slap you. He's like, "Is that a threat, officer?" <laughs> uh, first of all, he, the fact that he's well, it's Bosco. I mean, I don't know why he still gets surprised by some of this stuff, but why? The, the, he said it on, on the news. I will slap you. Yeah. <laughs> to a female. Yeah. And it's Bosco. And then Faith is like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. You, just... If there's one time for you not to be a dick, it's when you're on camera. And I do, I do, I love, if you actually watch Bosco in that scene, like, you can kind of tell he's fucked up. And he's kind of like rolling his eyes and kind of like, yeah, all right, I know. <laughs> like, just the way he is. I'll slap you to a female. Like, it was just well, awesome. Yeah, like, look, again, that kind of dates the episode too, doesn't it? Like, you wouldn't get away with saying that in 2017. Like, 99, you know, you get away with probably putting that on an episode of TV. But, yeah, you definitely would not get away with that in 2017. And here's the thing, like, I don't even take it, like, wrong. Because, like, I don't... Because I know people are like, oh, hit a female. That's never a joke. And I get that. But it's just... I don't know. I mean, for this, it wasn't... It didn't come across like that. He was just like, you say it again, I'll slap you. But... And Bosco's not... He doesn't beat up on females. No, He's not exactly. that kind of dude. It was just one of those like, say that again, I'm gonna slap you. You were out of place. Yeah, you and know. That's, and that's that's well, like I'm with you. Like I do not in any way take that as he wants to hit a woman. Um, and that's kind of, that's the context of it. Like, I mean, look, don't, this is a whole other conversation when it comes to context and people taking things out of a certain way. But again, the society we're living in 2017, you know, the simplest way to say it is you wouldn't get away with that on a network television show Uh, saying that. And I have someone who was like, he said he's going to hit a female. That's not okay. And then, I mean, oh God, that's a whole nother conversation because females... Yeah. I always believe if you hit someone, expect to get hit back, period. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, obviously, from that point, I mean, again, feel free, anything that I'm going over, because, I mean, it's kind of, it's all lumped in together. I mean, the, the main part of all of this rescue comes down to Kim and Bobby searching. They're being told to leave. They hear some voices, um, actual voices. They're not, like, going crazy in the head or anything like that. <laughs> they, they find a couple of people who are still stuck, uh, they're they're waging, and this is where we meet. Uh, is it Jack and Frank? Uh, J.K. Simmons obviously is Frank, and then we get his uh, wife's kid brother Jack. So they're stuck under a beam, basically. Can't get out. Uh, they bring in the rescue crews, even though they're being told, like, you know, get out of the building, get out of the building. This could collapse at any moment. Luckily for our uh, main heroes, it doesn't. But um, Essentially, they can't get this beam off it, so it all comes down to the fact they have to use an airbag, but uh, Frank says, no, don't use an airbag, because if you do it, it's going to shift the weight and it's going to come down on Jack. Uh, That's how it's going to go. So basically, poor Jack has had a terrible life. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a kid that he kind of abandoned and he's stolen money from his parents. He's had a tough life. And, and the other flip side of that, you know, Frank's obviously very popular. He's got a wife, kid and all that sort of stuff. And we get, you know, great emotional scenes here. Like, I love the Kim and Jack stuff. And what is, what does Jack like try and hit on her or something like that? Like, once we get out of here, you know, we'll go and get a drink. And he's like, Oh, you're hustling me, are you, Jack? And he's like, Well, not like you can say no to me at this point, which is true. That- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think that's why I saw it. Yeah, I think that's why it's emotional because they did such a good job adding every scene at this point to make it to lead up to this one big moment of where it's just yeah. emotional. And it's actually funny because like as we're doing this podcast, I got a text from somebody who just watched the episode as well, and he's talking about this scene that we're talking about. <laughs> well, it's we should mention, so- we'll mention that uh, the actor who plays Jack David Vadim. I've just looked him up here right now, um, and I mean he's still going. He's uh, been in. He's 
He's Ukrainian, so he plays a lot of uh, kind of like Russian Ukrainian people by the looks of things here. You know, he's played characters Nikolai, Sergei, um, Vigor, obviously quite typecast as a sort of a, a Russian or a uh, like a Ukrainian. He was in a, he was in Air Force One. That is a great movie. Um, and he's been in a lot of things, but he, he's very good. Like he's a great actor in this scene. It's very emotional and kind of. Long story short, they're, they're trying here and there to get everything out, and then eventually, um, Jack's going to die. He knows he's going to die, so he says like, "Hey, look, can I? I've got a, I've got a daughter that I never see. Can I? Can I film something for her?" We obviously get kind of like a bit of a bitch moment from the journalist again, you know, like I'm going with the camera or I get to air it and Yoko's kind of negotiates. And look, I mean, yeah, she's a bitch saying like, what does she say? Like, oh, you know, are you finished? You know, she kind of stands up there. But at the same time, thinking from a from a journalist standpoint, that's a, that's a, that's a perfect story right there. And then, so of course she's going to say, look, if you're filming this, we're airing it. It's our camera. It's our equipment. Let's go back there a little bit too. I mean, when the captain was pulling up, she asked, like, are the people still stuck in the building? And he just gave her, like, a vague answer. And at that point, I'm thinking, like, would it have been so hard to say there are four more people in the building we're trying to get to them? Just Brandy, to give her a little... Brandy, up, welcome that- to the world of a journalist. This is what we have to deal with, in, in, particularly in a world of of spin and, and, and media, you know, advisors. And, you know, all you want to do is get a comment or something like that. But it's just it's so structured on what can and can't be said. I mean, the, the perfect example of that is to see, like, the answers from the captain mixed with the answers from Bosco. <laughs> you know, like, the captain would have to speak to the media constantly. Uh, he would have media people who would tell him what to say. They would release statements. It's all very structured. Whereas Bosco is generally, he's not media trained. So of course he's just going to fly off his hip. So, you know, like I know in, I know in situations like that, like you technically are not meant to speak to police officers who are working, even if they're just, you know, there, because the police will generally put up someone to speak to the media. So it's kind of, it, it's all dependent on how it goes. But I, I know from just that standpoint that that woman, when she says, like, being a bitch or not, like, for her, if they want to film that, that is definitely, that is that is gold right there. That is a story in itself. So they are, she would definitely, in a way, say, yeah, well, look, if you're going to film this, we're airing it. Well, I'm happy I got your, like you said in the beginning, we're going to have a different interest. And I like it because I didn't see it that from that perspective, which is now, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, because I was thinking, like, you're human. This is sad. Be a human right now. But then when what you're saying, I, I get it. You know, because it is her job. And uh, it makes sense what you're saying about the captain, like, how it's very structured. Because, like, if he says something and somebody else says something, it could definitely get confusing on that end as well. I mean... Think, think uh, about everything that you see, though, when it comes to... I mean, like... I don't want to bring him up, but I mean, you think of Donald Trump, like you just think of what he says and what that then gets turned into a story. Mix that up with, you know, Obama, like, you know, Obama's speeches were very structured. They were very to the point. He had a, he had a certain speech or he had something to say. It, it is all down to the relevant information. Whereas Trump is off the cusp. I mean, that's, you know, he just say what he says. So of course that's a story in itself. So that I think is a perfect example of like working as a journalist and why people are so structured and that when it comes to the media, because, you know, you're going to have Trump saying one thing and then Obama saying the other. And it's kind of like, well, look how the different stories are in on TV and in the newspapers. Social media now. So everything exactly. is just, exactly. it's, it's definitely different. I mean, and it happens with every president, but lately it's just been more, it's just ever since social media, everything's just been like 10 times magnified. For sure. So it's a good example. 
perfect example. Now we're definitely not getting involved in Trump. That's a whole other thing. But anyway, so basically, uh, we get the camera in. We get we get Jack filming this, you know, very emotional message to his daughter and all this sort of stuff. And you know, he, he says the prayer and uh, kind of uh, you know takes a bit of a religious turn this episode. And just then they they go to lift it, and then all of a sudden it's shifted. And what does that mean? The next scene we get, we see them uh, coming out of the building. They've rescued someone. But it's not Frank. It's Jack. So obviously this has shifted the other direction. And now they've realized that it will be Frank that dies. Now, of course, in all of this, Frank's sister has showed up. And of course, that is, uh, sorry, Frank's wife. That's Jack's sister. So, of course, you know, she's obviously got this heartbreaking decision. She's going to lose a brother or she's going to lose a husband. She thinks she's going to lose a brother only to find out that she's going to lose her husband because that's when it shifted. We then see this, uh, you know, very emotional message from Frank, J.K. Simmons, again, just showing what a great actor he is. Uh, you know, he's sort of uh, talking up and everything, everything along those lines and we get, uh, you know, the, the emotional little scene there with his daughter. What does she say? Like, you know, bye-bye, daddy, or something like that. And leads Kim to obviously walk off crying and we kind of get, you know, this great shot of Jimmy and Bobby both caring for Kim, you know, because it's this love triangle. Um, and then basically from there, um, well, Bobby crosses himself, we should say that, and then Kim goes to church. She has this nice little scene with a priest, um, you know, saying the church closes. Uh, and, you know, look, I, I kind of have to have a little nitpick at this scene, sorry, Brandy, because, like, she goes there to pray, obviously, and, you know, say some words for Frank. But it only does take her about one minute to turn it into about herself, does it not? <laughs> She's like, I said I'd pray for someone, before then saying, oh, I heard from someone that if you get divorced, I'll go to hell. Is that true? <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh Kim, are you there for Frank, or are you there for your own self-purpose? Uh, here's the thing. I'm confused about that scene. I have a few things to say, actually. That, like, First of all, that scene, wasn't it the brother who said, pray for me? Yeah. Never, uh, never Frank. And then suddenly she has to go pray, but he didn't die. So why? I was confused about that. Maybe she's still trying to follow through on it. Okay. The second one is like, I get that. I like the whole how she turned to herself because it's heartbreaking. Her own kid just said, I'm going to hell. And as a parent, when your kid says something like that, you take it to the heart, you know? And I don't know. <laughs> I like her just like, see, this whole like episode is so simple to me. I'm thinking like, oh my God. Okay, so now her brother, if he li- now that he lives, is his sister going to hate him? What's going to happen after? <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's it's very... I was, it's, I, yeah. It's, um, I mean, that's the thing. Like it, Yeah, I was thinking that too, like the whole prayer thing. But I mean, I kind of would assume that after such a big, you know, prayer... prayer set, I mean, obviously, I think at the same time, you'd flip that around and say, okay, well, can you say that for me instead? Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like... This is maybe, maybe this may be a personal thing here when it comes to this. I I am not a religious person, so I I don't necessarily like episodes that all of a sudden turn very preachy and very. And it's not just a third watch thing; it's a it's a TV thing in general. Um, and it's just to me like I don't like how this turns then into this closing bit where they're all of a sudden like you know, oh, you go to God and all this. Like, I see the point they're making with it. Like, I see kind of what they're trying to do. The problem I have with this scene and this episode in general is that it goes from kind of your, you know, your ensemble episode where they're all going to be involved in something to really the theme of this episode is is religion and God. Um, and it kind of gets shoved down your throat a little bit too much. And that's maybe my biggest irk with this episode. There's a lot of good things about this episode that I like that works, but just... You know, is there really anything that is necessary for Kim 
to have this section at the beginning where she finds out from her, you know, demonic son that she's going to hell because she got divorced, only to close it off at the end with not caring about the guy that she said she'd pray for to only then care about herself, you know. And then we this the, the line, it really does, like, it's so cheesy and it does bother me. The whole, you know, what happens when we die? We go to God. Like, it's just, I'm just like, really? This is... This is third watch, not like, you know, daytime movie of the week. I think that's what makes this show awesome is that you have so many different perspectives. Because, like, I personally don't believe... I used to believe in God. My my grandpa was a pastor, but then at one point I stopped believing. I don't believe in a God now. I mean, but still, I mean, it's just a different perspective. I mean, if it was every episode, I'll be like, okay, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It was just little. It wasn't... But I get it. I get because for your perspective, I understand too. I it's just, do. it's just. I mean, like, yeah, like every episode for sure, and like they're really. And thinking about it, there isn't a whole lot of episodes where Third Watch does this. I can think of one scene in one episode which the episode itself is a very strong, good episode, but there is one scene in this episode that really gives me the shits, um, and that's not till like season two, but. Um, yeah, just this scene, it's just, I don't know, it really weighs down this episode, and it really, it, uh, I don't know, it's just, this episode, as I said to you at the beginning, I, I'm not as strong in this episode as um, perhaps you clearly are, uh, and that's not to take away from the great moments of this episode, is there's the emotional scenes, like the, you know, the scenes uh, with Kim and Jack uh, are fantastic, so well acted, J.K. Simmons, amazing, Bobby, you know, uh, just there are so many great scenes in it, you know, the, the doc bit when he's got the arm in that chest, and he's like... What is he yelling at Carlos? Like, you know, I'll tell you when it's time to get this out now. Get in. Like, it's just so, like, you know, like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, okay. you know, it's very powerful and stuff. Very 90s, you know, damn it, we've got to get this person to a hospital stat. Like, it's very over the top dramatic, but it still works. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a whole lot more to add on this episode. I think we've kind of covered the, again, this is kind of one of those episodes where we can just lump a lot in together. We've covered a lot. I mean, we've been talking for a while here. So, I mean, we've, we've done a bit and a bit of time here, but I don't know, Brandy, if you've got much more to add before we get to, uh, to rating this episode. No, for the most part, I will say this. I, this episode can go either way. You know, for me, this is emotional. I mean, I used to actually love slash hate it because it was so sad. The religion part, I never actually took so strongly. Actually, that was just, like, it was very... It wasn't really... It didn't really hit me at all. And then, like, hearing your perspective, it's different. You're, like, you're more strongly about it. And then I'm just like, huh, that was cool. You know? I was more hit by the emotional part. But I don't have anything to say other than this was a great episode. I think it can go... I think anything about any episode can be taken either way. Especially what that person we're going through. Like, what we relate to as a human being. So anything in a TV episode, we can take either way. For sure. Especially if it conflicts with something that we, what we think about or what we feel about, you know? Yeah. And so. Completely agree. Completely, yeah. definitely completely agree. Does bring us to our ratings, oh, Randy. Uh, Brandy, I call you Randy. Brandy, sorry. Uh, Brandy, I've forgotten your name after how many weeks we've been off air. Um, obviously, just refresh yours and our listeners' memories. Uh, generally, every single episode of uh, this show, whether we're reviewing a movie or an episode of TV, we have a rating system where you would either buy it because you love this episode so much you want to keep it and just look at it on the shelf and go, oh, isn't it pretty? Uh, you would rent it, uh, you know, go to your local Blockbuster and get it for a week. And yes, we do say Blockbuster kids because they did exist one time and we like to live in the past of course if you are being technical this would probably just be a rent on itunes or you know illegally download and delete later ones i don't know or is it terrible you'd bin it you would just go this is shit i wasted 42 minutes of my life 
I really don't like it. Uh, no, I would never watch this again. So, Brandy, what are you doing with this? Are you buying it, renting it, or binning it? I would buy it oh. from the guy in the alley. Wow. <laughs> I'm just you would buy it from the what? Like- I missed that bit. I said I'll buy it from the guy in the alley because you said get it illegally. You know how, like, back in the day, guys sell, like, DVDs, like, stolen DVDs? You would buy it from the guy that Malcolm stole the book from. Okay. (laughs) There you go. No. uh... (laughs) What about you, Ben? (laughs) Oh, this is tough. This is so tough because this is just... uh, This episode, to me, just... Again, as I said at the top of the episode, like we, we have an episode generally every season where it kind of involves everyone. It's a big themed episode. And thinking of all the other ones that we get in the future, this is by far just the, the most the worst one out of them. And I just, besides kind of the initial stuff we get at the beginning, there really is nothing in this episode, I feel, that holds any weight or substance across this season or across the course of this show. And, I mean, that's okay to have those episodes where it takes you away from that. You you need that every now and then. I, I will say one of my, probably my, no, it would be, not even probably, my favourite episode of Third Watch is one of these episodes where it involves everyone. It's got really nothing to do with the storyline and it just takes you away from it. Uh, and that is in season two, and it still would easily be my favourite episode of the show, one of my favourite episodes of TV in history of TV. But just this one, to me, is kind of the polar opposite. It doesn't just work for me, and the religious stuff, like, it irks me even more on this viewpoint. And I kind of came into this thinking, this is my favourite show of all time. This, to me, is the greatest TV show of all time. In no way can I ever, ever, ever bin an episode of Third Watch. But I kind of have to, just because I need to be firm with this i definitely would not buy this would i rent it i mean i still would watch every episode of third watch and if i'm watching this you know from start to finish i'm not going to skip an episode which kind of maybe defeats the purpose of what i'm going to do here but i just feel that somehow maybe i need to just you know say with this episode it just doesn't work on the grand scheme of things and i hate to do this i really hate to do this brandy i'm gonna bin it I am going to bin it. I am sorry. As a third, you know, I, I, I would staunchly put myself up there as the biggest third watch fan in the world. And please, Brandy, anyone else listening to this, I would love you to come on this show and debate me with that because I want to meet a bigger fan of third watch than I am. But I just, I have to, I have to kind of say it. I have to bin it. I'm sorry. There you, you go. You are broken that you have to bin this episode. That just shows you how much of your, you're a fan. I mean, yeah. heart, I, could, I heard a heartbreak. <laughs> like, I don't want to, but I have to. It hurts me. Like, I, I mean, it really does hurt me because yeah. it's kind of like, you know, at the time of recording this episode, we're about a season and a half into Nip Tuck. <laughs> and I have not binned an episode of Nip Tuck yet. And yet, how am I not even halfway through third watch season one and I've binned an episode yet? I, I'm uh, thinking ahead to some other... There are other episodes of third watch that's off the top of my head that I'll say I'll bin. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I definitely feel we, we've we got to be fair. We can't be completely biased. Uh, but, I mean, an epi- a binned episode of Third Watch, can I say, is still a lot better than a lot of, uh, you know, rent it and buy it episodes of some other TV shows. So, there you go. That's that's a, that's a compliment. <laughs> I will say, you are the one that brought up the podcast, podcast idea. You're a, you are a true big fan. I hope can't so. deny that. No matter, so. no matter what. Come on. I mean, so many people talk about, I love Third Watch, but then they, they're not going to go out and create a podcast about Third Watch. You know, they're not going to go out and get the movies illegally. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> legally, Brandon. Legally. And, shut up. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, again, I, I say that seriously. Like, if there is somebody listening to this who you would believe you're the biggest third watch fan, please message us. Message me. Find me on Twitter, uh, NYC55David. My Twitter handle is based off third watch. So there you go. Can you top that? Um, wait, wait. <laughs> I will say this. Sergeant Cruz, I think we're even, we're equal. Sure, <laughs> yeah, Sergeant Cruz, yeah, absolutely. But anybody go. listening to this, uh, by all means, please, if you think you're a bigger fan, maybe at some point, because we, we can have a big third watch trivia off or something along those lines. Who knows if we can find people? That'd be fantastic. But uh, if you are listening, you are enjoying it, uh, thank you for tuning in and thank you. We're glad to be back. Obviously, we actually got some message messages while we were away, not doing the third watch ones, asking where are the third watch episodes? And I kind of, that made me happy to think that people actually missed this enough that they wanted to hear from it. So that, to me, in itself, is a win that we're doing this. Uh, download numbers have been fantastic. We definitely are appreciating the, the feedback we are getting for this arm of the Oz Network. We don't just do Third Watch. We do do other shows. I've mentioned Nip Tuck, of course. We do a random TV episode of different shows every now and then. Uh, we, we obviously still firmly cover Survivor, as that's kind of where we've come from. And we're obviously doing a lot of other movies. So the Oz Network, in general, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, we are also on Spotify as well, Stitcher, all the works. Get on there, find us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, stay up to date with everything along those lines. And our website too, of course, we should mention is theoznetwork.net. You can find all of our past episodes and everything else in between. Brandy, we'll be back uh, next week. We're covering the 11th episode at the halfway point of the first season next week, uh, Alone in a Crowd, a pretty decent episode. Yes, it is. I'm actually excited. This is going to be like a, like I say, a Jimmy episode. So yeah, there's definitely a Jimmy element to it, um, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'd probably agree. Yeah, he's arguably it's a very um, spread out episode. This one with a lot of obviously storylines. We get back to our kind of general third watch episode. But uh, yeah, I would say Jimmy or Sully. You would argue would be the star of the next episode. Uh, we've got a bit of Doc in there. Doc and Morales. Ooh, what's going to happen there? Um, so and there's some fun Bosco stuff in the next episode too. So. Uh, that's Alone in a Crowd. That's next week. Stay tuned. Watch it. Enjoy it. And then you can podcast along with us. And uh, e- email us any questions as well. The Oz Network at Hotmail.com. If you've got any comments, questions, you can do that on our Facebook page as well to uh, stay up to date with Third Watch. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Good to be back. Let's close it out by saying my name is Ben and I too ride like a Palomino. <laughs> I love it. I don't have a... I would love to say a saying. I love that saying where he's like, and the body's so tight, you can bounce a cut off, cut off of it. That was just awesome. I just... <laughs> babe, that was awesome. Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs>